You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Our next guest is brought to us by the Kia EV6 GT, a pinnacle of engineering, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Our man at the Australian Open is the guru of tennis in Australia. His name is Brett Phillips. Brett, uh, a big day and a, a big moment this afternoon with Nadal being knocked out. Yeah, big, uh, big story, Paul. Uh, it's it's huge, huge news. Only happened about uh, yeah half an hour or so, an hour ago, and yeah, Rafa uh, in front of a full house. It was look a, a little sad to be honest. I mean, Nadal's had you know a lot of injuries across uh, the journey we've written him off uh, many times he's played through the pain barriers put that body through uh, a hell of a lot but yeah taking on a, a really talented young american today mackenzie mcdonald and yeah rapper rapper was certainly feeling the hip and he's had the abdominal injury uh, throughout his career as well and he uh, went off after uh, dropping that second set uh, had an extended time off court and brought uh, craig tiley out of his office to come down and inspect his wife who uh, no, never really travels, but because he's become a, a dad now, the whole family's in tow uh, for this trip to Australia, and uh, she was visibly in tears. Um, Rafa, the great part about Nadal, he doesn't retire easily. He, uh, he he sort of knows his obligation to you know see out a match unless you know he can't actually stand upright and vertical, and he managed to play at the match, but clearly uh, not going at uh, full tilt like Rafa normally would be. And yeah, Mackenzie McDonald wins through, and I suppose the question we asked now is, you know, is that the last time we maybe see Nadal in Australia? Uh, we dared not to ask him because he hates being asked about retirement. He's just here to play, play as long as he can, but yeah, it's uh, not getting any easier with that body and turning, uh, what, 36 this year. Yeah, look, you're right, BP. It's not a great start for the Australian Open in terms of Nadal uh, <laughs> nearly pulling out. We've seen Kyrgios has pulled out. The Joker not sure where his body's at, but a good story that I'd like to ask you about is Andy Murray's performance. He won in five st- sets against Mario Berrettini. Uh, it's good to yeah. see Andy Murray back at the Australian Open. Look, uh, I, I sat here uh, in, in the bunker and uh, watched that uh, match, and I think the ovation went forever. And, and Andy has uh, always got a lot of respect here in Australia. I mean, he's just been stiff, really. I mean, five-time runner-up. He's played in some unbelievable era, Federer, Djokovic, and Nadal. You take those three out, he's probably, you know, maybe won 10 to 15 majors, uh, been the bridesmaid more often than he would like, uh, but highly respected as that fourth member of a group that uh, certainly dominated over 15, 20 years. And, you know, people are, are asked a lot, uh, why is Andy still playing? Well, he just loves to compete. It's just part of his, part of his DNA. He loves to travel. He loves the circuit, loves the lifestyle. And he still wants to get every bit out of himself. You know, Ivan Lendl back with him, the great Ivan Lendl, in this uh, last little chapter of his career. And you're watching him yesterday, and you don't lose your core craft. You might lose a bit of speed. The the, the body might uh, get around a little slower, but you don't lose your smarts. And he's always had that, Andy Murray, in, in crafting points. And, you know, Berrettini's sort of standard deliver, big serve, big forehand. But there weren't enough tricks there, and Andy exposed that. Uh, hit his spots on serve and just showed that 
you know, a wily old fox whilst uh, a little injury depleted and uh, body depleted can still actually win a tennis match because of their talent. And they take some more likely for Darcy Kokonakis. Uh, next, uh, he'll come back on court hopefully tonight when the heavens uh, clear and complete uh, his match against uh, Fabio Fanini. And I think, uh, yeah, Kokonakis will relish that because he's going to get a pretty weary uh, Andy in the second round. Yeah, so let's get on to Tanasi. He has been extremely impressive against Fabio Fagnini, as you mentioned. Should get the job done there. Does he go in favourite against Andy Murray, provided he gets the job done today? Well, I, I suppose you're just assessing... Yeah, just that, that match that Andy played. It was one of the slowest walks back to the, the locker room. Is that going to take everything out of him? I mean, these guys uh, obviously prepare themselves so well. You get the day off at the Grand Slams in between matches. And, you know, there's been many times we've thought Andy can't go back-to-back and play, you know, a couple of tough physical matches. But, you know, he's still out there at 35 doing it. So he brings that aura about him. He brings the experience of playing a tennis match. And, you know, Thanasi is in a, in a good frame of mind. There's no doubt. I, I really liked his week in Adelaide last week whilst not going on to defend his title. I think there's an extra uh, level of maturity there. And I think there's an extra level of focus. And can I just say, I think, and no disrespect to Nick Kyrgios, but maybe not having Kyrgios around here just allows Thanasi to really just focus on his singles because that's the area we want to see him get to the top 50. It's great to play a little bit of doubles with, uh, um, you know, Kyrgios, but we want to see him become the best uh, singles player he can. He's got to get down inside that top 50 and take scalps like Andy Murray. So at least he's fresh. He is fresh. He's hitting the ball well. And, you know, he's going to pose some issues with, uh, you know, for Andy Murray tomorrow at some stage when that match is played. Brett, I was talking to Dan last night on the show and we spoke about Alex Dimonor and I asked him the question, do you think Dimonor could get past the fourth round and be his best Australian Open ever? What are your thoughts on that? Because he had a good straight set swing first up. Well, he was brilliant last night. He was just clinical, uh, obviously uh, winning this the hot favourite against the world number 209 and hit some of the best uh, backhands up the line that I've seen from Alex and he's just breathing all over you instantly. He's airborne, he's you know taking the ball early, he's putting pressure on you. And he just uses all his assets that he's got. He's never going to have the biggest serve. He's not as big as these guys who are, you know, up around, you know, six foot, six foot four, six five. Uh, big guys who can get three points off their serve. But Alex can wear them out. And he's got the wheels to uh, get to every ball. And I think, he's, I think he's getting a bit more pop on that serve. I think the ball's ripping through the court a little bit more as he's getting a little bit stronger. So he's posing, I think, a few issues that he hadn't previously uh, but he is on the same, you know, side of the draw as as Djokovic there, so that could be potential fourth round, likely, uh, particularly if Novak uh, doesn't have any uh, hamstring injuries. And yeah, I think you know he can certainly push Djokovic, but to me, Djokovic is still you know, well clear of the field in my eyes. Yeah, so let's touch on Djokovic. He won six three, six four, six love last night. Nadal out, Kyrgios out. It's opened up a little bit. Uh, he's going for his 10th Australian Open. Uh, is he absolutely clear now uh, as the favourite in this tournament? As long as the body holds together. It's just, I can't remember the, the time when he's come into a Grand Slam under a little bit of an injury cloud. He's got the strapping on the back of the hamstring. Uh, now, he played a player last night that wasn't going to necessarily push him to the full limit, and he wasn't going at uh, full rat power last night, Novak. I mean, these guys, uh, like you know, like you know, had to pace themselves through uh, two weeks of a Grand Slam and, and peak at the right time. So the level of opponent will keep going up. But look, he's, his level is the best. It's just 
physically, can the body go seven matches? We'll have to wait and see, and it's just, just a must-watch. Every time he sprints uh, for a, a drop shot, you're just thinking, is that hamstring going to uh, possibly pop him? And he's so well physically prepared that I'm sure he's doing everything to uh, minimise any damage. And um, Yeah, but he's the favourite if it, the body stays healthy. So just say it doesn't stay healthy and we see a defeat or uh, him pulling out, who is a name or a couple of players that maybe we don't know about that we haven't heard of um, that we need to keep an eye on? Medvedev is an obvious one, but is there a few other Mm. up-and-coming stars in tennis at the moment that could go deep in this tournament? Yeah, well, unfortunately, we haven't got Carlos Alcaraz, the world number one, but the next best youngster inside the top ten is uh, Holger Rino, the uh, young boy from Denmark who... He's 19. He got into the top 10 back end of last year with that win in Paris at the Masters 1000. This guy eats, sleeps, breathes, and anything else to do with tennis. Uh, he is that obsessed. You watch him on Instagram. It's just um, a guy with eyes to be the world number one. Is a, is a clear goal there. And he's a little bit of an agitator as well. I mean, he's been questioned a little bit by the older guys for some of his on-court behaviour, but that'll sort of iron itself out over time. Uh, you love the fact that he's uh, super competitive. He actually believes he can beat anyone. So that's often, as we know, half the battle in elite sport is having that self-belief. And look, he could do some damage. He was uh, on that Kyrgios side for a potential third round. So him, uh, Kyrgios being out sort of opens up the door a little bit more. And well, the other one I do like, he had a bit of a battle today, but Felix Auger-Aliassime, the Canadian, who did rise from outside the top 10 to 6 last year. I think he's getting closer to Winning a major, he's well uh, well equipped. He's got Tony Nadal in his corner. Uh, Rafa's uh, great uncle, he was with him on the road. So I, I do like Felix and uh, Holger are the two that I'm uh, certainly gunning for. What about the women's side of the draw, uh, BP? The Kimberly Burrell, the Aussie, had a, a nice win in her first round. Um, who do you like on the women's side? Well, the, the world number one had another win today, Iga Sviontek. And, I mean, she's 6,000 points clear in the rankings. So... You know, I think she absolutely has to deserve deserves that favouritism. And I thought today she went up a level after being really tested in uh, round one. And look, she I just think her level, if she's on, uh, is so hard to match. And her consistency, her depth of ball striking, uh, she takes the ball you know really early. She's just on you. There's a lot of pressure uh, and a minimal reaction time to you know get into good rallies with Eager. But, you know, we know every sports person can have just an off day where um, they don't, uh, it doesn't all come together. Uh, but she was serving around 80% today. So I think, you know, she is the front runner for me. And then it's it's really tough to actually call it after that. I think there's, there's a big group of players. I mean, Jessica Bagula did defeat uh, Eager at the United Cup a couple of weeks ago. She's had two relatively quick uh, wins in the first two rounds and looks like she's ready to maybe go a bit deeper than a quarterfinal. So... And, and Sabalenka's the other one I do like. Um, one in Adelaide, uh, she's got the serving yips all sorted and she's as intense an athlete as I've ever seen, Arena. And I'd love to actually see her win a Grand Slam because she wears her heart on this sleeve. She's a bit of a character, but she's got a big game. BP, one more before we let you go. I'm interested, there seems to be, especially with the qualifiers and getting through to the first round, And what's the prize money for a win in the first round? What does it mean to some of these young players? Well, a win uh, will get you at $158,000. So that means, you know, you're into round two, whether you uh, lose your round two match. If you exit round one, you get 100000 And obviously it keeps going up from there. But, I mean, to get into round one, I mean, there's qualifiers who have got to play three matches 
in the build-up. But what it says is how important it is to be at least top 100 or, uh, you know, certainly in that next bracket of, you know, 100 to sort of 250, where you're getting into qualifying, a chance to make a main, main draw, you compete in one match and it helps set your whole year up in terms of, you know, your expenses, travel, uh, taking a coach on the road, maybe some extra support staff. Uh, so that's, that's where you've got to be in tennis if you want to actually make a living out of the sport, somewhere in that, you know, top 100 to, you know, about 250 uh, bracket. Outside of that, it's uh, it's pretty tough. Brett, uh, thanks for your time. Have a fantastic uh, day or night tonight and and tomorrow and uh, try and get some sleep. Try to get to bed before 2 a.m. this, this today, will you? <laughs> Yeah, we don't need that. Uh, certainly, with Alexi Popper and last night, uh, it was a, that was a bit uh, cruel, Alexi. The early part where we we're just trying to pace ourselves, but no, big fortnight. We love it, and uh, I'm sure there'll be some great storylines that'll develop. Thanks, BP. Pleasure, Brett Phillips from the Australian Open. He, what he doesn't know about tennis is not worth writing, is it? No, correct. He knows everything. And so what I took from that, Bonds, a lot of things. Uh, but one thing I did take is Holger Rune, as he said, the 19 year old from Denmark. Yes is the player that I'll be looking out for in this tournament and coming tournaments. Loves tennis. He's only 19. He's number nine seeded in this tournament. Uh, he's going to be one to watch with potentially the big seeds either pulling out or losing early. I'm sort of wishing I picked up a tennis racket when I was younger. <laughs> $158,000 for winning one game at the Australian Open. 100000 for For not winning. It. Yes, for not winning. So it, it just shows if you can get into the tournament, you're you're away. And as he said, if you can get into that top 250, you play for the qualifiers, it gives you a chance to make these grand slams, which are worth a lot of money. If you missed any of the show or you want to catch up on uh, earlier episodes of the summer edition of Sports Day SA, you can uh, catch us up on the podcast, wherever your podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Sports ASA and we'll be right there and you can listen back. And uh, if you missed all of that interview or just part of the interview with Brett Phillips, you can uh, that'll be on there tonight as well. So, Dan, it's been another big show. Um, thanks for your company once again. No, it has been. I'm uh, going to head home and uh, catch a little bit of the tennis uh, tonight. So, as BP said, hopefully not to 2 a.m. It doesn't go to tonight. But uh, Mevedev tonight against John Milman, the Australian. So, that'll be good, good viewing. Yeah, let's uh, tune into that for sure. All right, thanks for your company, and we'll see you again tomorrow on the summer edition of Sports ASA.